Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports with Max on the air. News Talk 830 WCCO. Huge show planned for you. Lots of great guests, etc., etc., etc. Well, you know that. That's why you come here, right? I'm going to start with a hypothetical for you, but it's not a hypothetical for me. Not anymore. Not since working in downtown Minneapolis. Last night, I... Uh, I was uh, I did the uh, the radio show from over at TV because we have a studio there that accommodates, which is awfully nice. The radio folks let me do that from time to time, depending on uh, what the schedule looks like. So I did that, and then I decided uh, right before the news, I said I'm going to move my car, park it right out in front of the TV station because that way, uh, when the show's over on this beautiful night, I can get out and get in my car and away I go. So I did. So about five to ten, I pulled in uh, right across from WCCO TV up against the Orchestra Hall at the meter there. And uh, came in, did the news, did the sports portion of it. That's what I contribute. Uh, Frank and Amelia do the heavy lifting. Chris Schaefer, outstanding on weather. And then I just come in and kind of clean up some crumbs with the sports. Anyway, uh, came back out and I get my, I, I open my car door. And I don't, my dome light doesn't go off in my car door. I don't know if that's always the way it's been. I don't even remember if it's just the way I said it. And I'm, I'm starting to, there's a couple guys kind of looking at me, not unusual, uh, downtown Minneapolis, late at night, summer night, uh, you know, nothing out of the ordinary. And as I'm driving, I look over to the car seat, and I realize it's not unusual for me to have a, a paper bag or something, or even from time to time, if I hit a drive-through, I might not have thrown away the the garbage yet at that time. Uh, so it's not unusual to have something in the passenger seat. Uh, to have something sitting there. Generally, I'm in, I'm by myself in my car, so therefore the passenger seat becomes a place that I, uh, I temporarily office things. Well, I'll be, I go, what, what in the heck are all these papers doing over here? And then I looked and I realized the glove compartment was open. And then I looked and I realized the middle, you know, what do you call that in between the car seats, that place where you can store stuff? Whatever it is, you know what it is. And I realized that's disheveled. Somebody had broke into my vehicle during the half hour that I was in there which means that they probably watched me get out of the vehicle, go in the building, and then said, well, he's in the building. He's not going to come out in the next few minutes. Now, in fairness, and I hate to use this as an excuse because people will say, well, then, then that's why it happened. I didn't lock the door. And I didn't lock the door um, for a couple of reasons. Number one, I, I, I knew that I had nothing of extreme value in there. They stole my gym bag. It worked out during the day, so they got some sweaty clothes and some sneakers. Uh, and a couple other small items, but nothing significant because there was nothing significant in there. 
And the reason that I do that by design is that uh, for the first 32 years, nah, 34 years that I came to downtown Minneapolis, uh, my car was never broke into once. In the last two years, it's happened three times. And uh, one of those times, they threw a brick through the window. And so I, I, I came up with this theory that I'm better off leaving the door unlocked and not having anything of value in it uh, than I am uh, locking it and letting somebody throw a brick through the window. When they did that that night, it was, it was the winter time, And I had to drive home that night. And, and you want to talk about the definition of cold. You know how many cold nights we've had in the winter? Holy cow, we've had cold nights. And, and, and there's nothing you can do about it. You can't roll the window up. You can't turn the heater up enough anyway. Uh, the, the window was shattered, you know, and now you're dealing with a police report and blah, blah, blah. So my question to you uh, via text line is, am I better off just doing that, not putting anything of value in my car and leaving the doors open to this day and age? And if they take, then take what you want. I mean, how this has become so commonplace. Uh, it's almost like, what's the difference anymore? Or, or, or should I lock it and take my chances of those people that come by if it's locked? Who knows how many times my doors have been locked and somebody came by and tried to open it and they said, okay, it's it's not unlocked, so we're not going to – if it's unlocked, we're going to go for it. But it's, it's not. It's locked, so we keep moving. I don't know. But it's it, it's literally <laughs> – I never thought I'd say this. It's literally one of the decisions you have to make if you work in downtown Minneapolis at night. Um, you know, to lock or not lock, and 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 and, and what, what what's the you know uh, where are you going to be damaged the most and the least? Six five one four six one nine two two six. Text us an answer if you have a good one, or if you've contemplated this as well. Six five one four six one nine two two six. I know somebody. I was just told this story recently. That they, they they in the afternoon they came to downtown on the weekend. They went in, they parked in a ramp that was pretty empty, uh, worked out, and and came back. And as they're driving away, they realized that uh, th- their vehicle was louder than they thought, because somewhere in there somebody had stole the catalytic converter. And um, I, I mean, the stories go on and on, and, and we can sit and pretend and pretend that uh, everything's great in downtown. Boy, it's surging back. Uh, but somebody broke into my car last night in, in a half-hour window and watched me go in the in the building, I assume. Uh, so who knows? So, so it, as, as I said in, in the group email that I sent out, I said, my fault for leaving the door unlocked. Uh, but know that when you're out there walking on the streets late at night, uh, people that are capable of breaking into cars are, are the people that you may be encountering on the sidewalk for whatever it's worth. Uh, but I'm not quite sure going forward if I want to leave my, my car doors open or, or, or locked because I, I don't want to go through that brick through the window again. Uh, that just sucked. And, and, and you know, if you need to steal it. But on the other hand, I don't want to give in to these people. I, I, I don't want to see them have access to anybody. Now you got to think about it. Now when you're walking to your car, you're looking over your shoulder. Is anybody close to me? Is there a carjacker in the neighborhood? Um. I don't know, but um, it does put you at wit's end. It puts you on edge. Uh, be, more than anything, it puts you on edge because you go, okay, if somebody was watching me, is there somebody going to be watching me tonight when I walk to the car? Is there somebody, are they, are they keeping tabs? Are they looking for things like this? I mean, I was only gone for a half hour. Uh, or is it just random and they happen to come up? And, and, and But even if it was random, the 11th Street's a busy street. And, and you're parked up right up against Orchestra Hall and across the street from WCCO-TV. You would think that would be, I don't want to call it a safe haven, but but it's at least fairly well lit. And you go, well, what, where does it end if they can get it here? 
maybe they've got some methodology where, you know, if they can open the car door, then they open it, they sneak in, and nobody knows that it's not their vehicle. But they had to go around to the back, open my back door, and, and take the uh, uh, the duffel bag out of there as well. Uh, and, and that's, you know, it's just unnerving to think that that can happen in that short of time and that uh, they could be watching you. They could, you know, they could be, you know, hey, he's in the he's in the building now. So that means in general, if somebody walks into a building, they're not coming right back out. Right. I don't know. Six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six, six, five, one, four, six, one, nine, two, two, six. Uh, here's a question. Mike, do you carry when you're downtown? I do not. And I have been told by people that are in law enforcement and military that I should. Never, ever in my life thought I would consider it, ever. Uh, but I got to tell you, I have been told many times now by different people that you're crazy not to, and I don't know if that's true or not. But my fear would be that by the time the bad guys, if they identify you, are coming at you, how difficult would it be to get um, – uh, uh, to, to get a pistol out and defend yourself, you know? And if they see that, d- d- does that incite more anger and vigor on their part uh, to shoot first or do whatever they're going to do? I don't know. I've just played these scenarios out in my mind. Here's another text. How can this state with a 9 or $10 billion surplus not protect downtown Minneapolis? Don't know. I don't know the answer to that one. It's a, it's a question, uh, but I don't know the answer to that one. Maybe it's because they can't recruit police officers. I don't know. Uh, let's go to Bob and Shore you. Bob, any thoughts or ideas? Yeah, I used to do that all the time. I'd leave my door open. I've worked on the outside outskirts of downtown St. Paul. Uh-huh. And I wouldn't lock my car and leave. I would leave it unlocked. Two or three times a year, my friends would have their cars, their windows broken into and all of that. I didn't have the hassle. I just didn't keep anything of value in the car. And and that is the one That's thing correct. you have to remember is not to keep everything of value because sometimes you can accidentally bring something in, you know. And, and I got to yeah. say the one thing that I looked for right away was the garage door opener because I realized that was in the vehicle and I forgot to put it in my pocket, you know. Because if yeah. they, you know, yeah. if they're smart at all and they can track things down, who knows, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't keep my garage door opener in the car either. Yeah, you shouldn't, and I had it in there, but they didn't they, they didn't find it. So uh, I had a yeah, spare key yeah. hidden, and they didn't find that either. But uh, I know it's my fault, but yet you shouldn't have to apologize for somebody else breaking into your vehicle either. So thanks for your call. Well, I won't even park downtown anymore. Yeah, I hear, I, I'm trying to stay optimistic about it. It's just I'm, I'm fighting the battle some yeah. days. All right. Bob, yeah. thanks for the call. When we come back, his name is Jim, and uh, he's the head of a program that was showcased today at the 3M Golf Tournament. And uh, there were people there like like Adam Thielen and Larry Fitzgerald Jr. Uh, and many others were part of this program. What was this program and what's the goal? He'll share it with us when we come back. Sports to the Max and WCCO. Welcome back. Sports to the Max. News Talk 830 WCCO. Your home to the Minnesota Twins who've been absent from the airwaves. Uh, five nights. I just, I don't remember the last time I've seen five nights. And you get a Friday off. You know, they never used to give you Fridays off Major League Baseball. Then they started to a little bit, and now it includes the All-Star break for the Twins, not for everybody. Some teams are back Thursday. Uh, I, I mean, I, I know it all, you know, comes out in the wash, but I miss my baseball when it's five days without baseball. That's what I'm saying. Uh, the 3M Open is going out, uh, going on all week. And I was out there today, spent a good portion of time out there. It was fun. Uh, one of the things that they did today... Uh, was they they had a uh, special event for the first tee, 
And the first tee is designed to uh, allow inner city kids a chance to figure out how to play golf. And they may not have access to, you know, there's a debate going on right now at Hiawatha Golf Course as to whether or not they're going to eliminate nine holes there and turn it into something else. Uh, but there aren't a lot of places that the inner city kids can go and play freely. <laughs> so the first tee tries to introduce them to, to it so that they can, if they enjoy the sport, find a pathway that they too could enjoy it like a lot of people do. Jim Triggs is the CEO, and he was out there today with people like Adam Thielen and Larry Fitzgerald Jr., Kyle Rudolph, and, uh, Greg Coleman, and, and many, many others uh, interacting with these kids, and it was uh, it was a sight to see and a lot of fun to see. Jim, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, Mike, that was so fun to see you out there. What a great day it was. Yeah, it was a great day. It was, you know, even with with the breeze blowing, it was hot, but it was uh, it was pleasant. Uh, Explain what I was seeing out there because the the, the uh, pro athletes were interacting with the kids. Uh, but what do you hope uh, on a day like this comes out of today for the kids? Yeah, you do. So, so obviously, the, we're very passionate about golf, and um, and we believe that golf, and this is part of our DNA as first tee. We believe that um, golf uh, can be a great platform to to learn great life skills. It's a, it's a unique sport in that you have to call penalties on yourself. There's a certain decorum. You have to be friendly. You have to introduce yourself. You have to have conversation possibly with with strangers, uh, maybe someone you just met. And for kids, that can be a little frightening. And if you think about a kid maybe who doesn't have access to a golf course, um, what we do is we do our best to bring the game of golf to where kids are and then get kids out to places like the 3M Open. And we're blessed with some really good golf courses that surround some of the more urban areas of the Twin Cities, such as, you know, Theater Worth and um, Columbia and Hiawatha and so forth. And so, uh, you know, I can't tell you how many stories I've had. Uh, one, one story to share, I was at uh, North Commons Park last summer. A kid had never touched a golf club before, and he's wearing um, a Stefan Diggs jersey. And uh, I could not pull him away from this impromptu driving range that we created at North Commons Park. I mean, he goes, can I hit one more? Can I hit one more? Can I hit one more? And uh, there's a real passion for it once sure. you introduce the kids to the sport. So that's uh, that's what this is all about. Introduce it to them, and some percentage of them are going to be lifelong golfers, and they'll teach their kids and so on. So, uh, yeah, it's, you know, First Tee is, a, is a, a great way to get kids um, introduced to the sport. Jim Triggs is our guest CEO of First Tee. So, so you introduce them to it. You find out a kid has a hankering for it or enjoys it. Uh, where, where in, in general, do you lose a golfer if they like it initially? Well, what would be the reasons they don't continue to play, whereas a lot of people do? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I actually, I think it kind of ebbs and flows. In other words, you know, I used to play golf a little bit more maybe when I was younger. Then, you know, you, you have kids and family and they get, hmm. get away from it. But now, you know, then, then all of a sudden I got back into it and, and you get a little bit older and you're playing with your grandkids. So, I don't, and I think it's very. Um, I think my, most golfers probably played other sports, so it's a, it's not a yeah. sort of a mutually exclusive sport like a lot of sports are these days. So our goal, you know, most of the kids that you know, for the, all the work that we're doing in North Minneapolis, all of those kids play football and basketball and volleyball and soccer, um, and uh, we are one more. And um, you know, they're you know, these are good athletes, and they're really and they, they love the game of golf. But they were doing lots of other things, and that's great. I mean, we think that's we kind of like that balance, actually. 
Yeah, um, and it is one that sits out there. You can take it up later in life. You don't have to do it when you're 10. You can do it when you're 25. Or you can learn it when you're you know 10 to 15 and pick it up you know, after you get out of college or whatever. Uh, what about the socioeconomic piece of it? Is, you know, country clubs are country clubs, and eventually you might want to join one. And uh, obviously the inner city is not a place where you manufacture money, so to speak. Uh, does that – uh, uh, nip some? Does that concern you at all? Are there enough places that are affordable that that that, that kids, can, no matter their socioeconomic background, can can enjoy it into adulthood? Well, I think we're blessed in Minnesota. So I grew up in New Jersey, and I didn't learn the sport till I was seventeen. New Jersey was very difficult. It was you know, we had a, obviously a lot of nice country clubs in New Jersey, but um, not enough public courses. It was very hard to get access. Minnesota, though, we have some wonderful um, public courses that are affordable and at first tee if a parent can't afford the lessons they don't have to pay if they don't have any equipment we have plenty of equipment and um and we've got a lot of people that have been incredibly generous with equipment giving sure. equipment to first tee and so um really you know our whole goal is to erase all the barriers to learning the sport and um, one of the things we've done i think a pretty good job of is is you know addressing the transportation issues so oh know, sure i hadn't even thought about that yeah yeah, How do you do that? But, um, well, I'll give you an example. So Mike Shelton, we recently hired as our community and program manager of programs. And um, he he, and actually Mikey Grant, not Mike Grant, but Mikey Grant, who was uh, also offensive coordinator of Irondale High School. Got to give him a plug here. Is he really? And, um, yeah, yeah. He's a great guy. I think he's a counselor at one of the middle schools in <laughs> Minneapolis or in Brooklyn Park. Um, actually, so there's a, what we're saying is if your name is Mike Grant, there's a good chance you're going to be a football coach. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, you met, I don't know if you know this, you met his daughter, uh, Hazel, phenomenal golfer, but, you know, sort of impromptu, they started just taking kids to North Commons Park, and then we basically made them a first tee, um, a first tee location. And so those two actually worked, they'll go pick up kids at their houses and bring them out to the golf course. And um, it's been a great partnership with us, but that's, you know, you have to kind of get creative about it and say, okay, how do we get kids to the clubs? How do we get them in our programs for free? How do we get them to the golf courses? And I mean, that's what First Tee is all about. We just, you know, what do we have to do to break down the barriers and make the sport um, more accessible? Would it help at all? I mean, for kids in general, if they spend some time caddying, does, does that help them a lot in terms of learning the game and the protocol or not? You know what? You know what? I mean, you know, caddying. Um, I think uh, it could get a little boring, but you know, I think actually, I, yeah, I think just the opposite. And I think one of the things that maybe kids are intimidated in caddying is if you haven't played the sport, it's just like, what is this all about? Yeah, a little bit. So actually, what's interesting is WGA Western Golf Association, which runs um, you know great caddy programs and scholarship programs, came to First Tee and said, hey, you know what, your kids are familiar with the sport. We'd like to, you know, when they become teenagers, we'd like to get them into our program. And um, so it kind of is works the opposite way in a way. But there's, you know, in golf, you can do that or you can play competitively or you can get into the hospitality part of the sport or the maintenance part of the sport. You know, it's a pretty big industry. And that's one of the things, too, that we try to educate our kids on is you, know, you may or may not be all state, you know, golfer. And quite frankly, that's kind of secondary to us. Sure. You know, for us, it's more about the life skills that you learn in the sport. Yep. But also, you know, as an industry, there's a lot of opportunity. Now, Larry Fitzgerald Jr., I didn't know this. Maybe you know that story. He was telling me today that he came to play golf through first tee. And it was, you know, when, when Tiger Woods started, he's in 97. He said, that that's how I started. He plays a lot of golf now. Obviously, he can do anything he wants given his, his prolific uh, uh, NFL career. But he's played golf for a long time. But he said he came to it through first tee. That's how he was introduced to it. And that's why he that's how he decided he liked it. And I, I didn't realize that. Did you know that? 
Well, I, you know, I didn't know until he told me the other day. Yeah. And, and to me, whether it's uh, Tiger Woods or somebody else, you know, all, you know, for a lot of these kids, all they need is the invitation, a couple of lessons. Um, you would not believe, I was talking to Brian Simpson, who runs all of our programs. He was with a kid today, never touched a golf club. He said, he said, Jim, you would not believe his swing. It was like phenomenal. <laughs> and you think about the rest of us selects who, who, who take like too many lessons and overthink <laughs> the sport. And, you know, this, I mean, this kid picks up the club on, uh, you know, today, Tuesday at uh, TPC and, and he's got, you know, just this magic swing. So it's, it's, I tell you, sometimes all it is is a simple invitation and all of a sudden the kid has a lifelong sport. Jim, it was fun visiting with you today. Keep up the great work. It's a great cause. And to see those kids uh, light up is, uh, makes it worth it for all of us. So keep on doing what you're doing and have a great week out there. Mike, can I do a little plug? Yeah, for you bet. Okay, if you're interested in First Tee, get your kids into it. It's, um, it's firstteeminnesota.org. Firstteeminnesota.org. Look it up on the web anytime. Thank you so much. Have a great night. Hey, Mike, thanks so much. We really appreciate it. It was great seeing you again today. You bet. Jim Trigg, CEO, First Tee. Um, Tubbsy, did you, did you ever learn the game of golf or not really? Uh, I never took like any actual lessons. I just kind of, I kind of self-taught, you know. So you and played I, enough to kind of figure it out. Yeah, I, I I know enough to not completely embarrass myself, but I don't play enough that I could call myself, you know, a casual player. Yeah, I just I just have no interest in learning how to play it well because I know how much time that would take, and and I don't, I just that doesn't interest me, and it doesn't interest me to go out and play. When you're terrible, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's part of it, too. And you get a lot of people that play it even casually, and they make some of the things look, you know, so easy. You know, people have been like, hey, do you want to come out and go golfing with me? And I'm like, you know, I'll pass. And it's not that I don't want to, but, yeah, at this point in my life, I haven't golfed regularly for maybe 15 years. Yeah, yeah. I get lots of invites over the years, and I go, seriously, I said, you don't want me with. Yeah. You think it's going to be like I'm some, you know, sportscaster, golfer. That's not it. I'm going to be in the woods chasing things, hoping I don't get poison ivy. Carson Bach, attorney on the contracts that dictate NIL, next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 